Today is a fantastic day, even though I struggled to say that uh, for the first couple hours being in this building today. It was just like, man, I was having a hard time, but interacting with you, interacting with God and, and our worship team leading us. Um, I'm in a better place right now, and so I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Uh, before we open God's Word, I want to acknowledge a couple guys who are graduating from Teen Challenge today. They're graduating today. They've been in the program for one year. Brandon Manning, come on up here. Ryan Huber, come on up. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. These guys have been part of the Teen Challenge program for the past year, and that is an intense discipleship program, a program where they are learning some of their story, they're learning the story of God and how God redeems and changes, and, and so as you have heard, we just want to say congratulations to you, and uh, I want to lead us in a prayer for these fellas uh, as they venture out to the next chapter of their life. Uh, a little scary, but God is, as he has been with you, he is going to be with you. Stand one more time, church. Reach out your hand as we pray a blessing on these two brothers here. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning for your work in the lives of Brandon and Ryan, what you have done, where you have led them. You have brought them through a desert they will experience that uh, at times again, but God, you are with them. They have learned more about you. They know you in greater ways, and I ask that you powerfully go with them, that we celebrate their hard work that they have gone through this past year, but God, we ask great blessing on them in their lives and that you would use them mightily in the coming days. And so thank you, Jesus, that you take our lives, you redeem and you restore and you make all things new. We pray this especially over these brothers, Brandon and Ryan, and all of God's people pray this blessing in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen, amen. amen. Congratulations one more time. Thank you, guys. Good stuff, good stuff. After the service today, you can congratulate them and uh, hear some of their story. But we're going to continue today in this season we call Advent Conspiracy. And what we are doing is we are considering the compassion that God has shown toward us. I don't want you to lose sight of this, that God has been compassionate to each of us. And then what he does is he says, I include you into a family and a work to show that compassion to others, and that compassion is going to be through us. At the end of the service today, we're going to take a special offering. There's a, an envelope in your worship program, and I just want you to hold that, and I don't want you to look inside yet at this card. Don't do that yet. I'll talk to you more about that later. But we're going to take a special offering, and what we do is say, okay, God, you've shown us compassion, and we want to show that in our community, and we want to show that uh, to a church family and a community in Tabasco, Mexico. And we want to show that to a church family and a community in Moyamba, Sierra Leone. And, and we will talk a little more of that later. I do want to mention this part of this special offering, and I'm looking forward to, after we count it this week, I'm looking forward to contacting Sierra Leone and say, yes, go ahead with that water well. There is money here from our offering that you can start this water well for this orphanage 
that we will be able to visit in February. And I want to be able to call and say, you know what, go ahead and start buying some Christmas presents for the orphans there in Moyamba where our school and our church is. Now when they think Christmas presents, they're just thinking toothbrush, toothpaste, pair of sandals and a pair of church clothes really what we would call necessities, but they will do that when they receive this offering, and they will know that as we have been blessed, we're blessing them, and God's blessing will continue. But I'm hoping today, before you give this offering, you're going to get a glimpse of God. And as I was writing this, I knew this morning that that's what I needed. I needed to get another glimpse of God. And so I'm hoping today that when you leave, not only you say, I gave to a special offering, but I got a glimpse of God today, and my heart is full. And so what we've been doing is considering some of the names of God. That's why we're tying this with name tag November, to understand God in greater ways. Jesus prayed this to the Father, and we find this in John chapter 17. He said, Father, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus says, this is what life is all about, to know the Father and to know his Son, Jesus Christ. And as we get closer to Christmas, we want to experience that Life. We want to experience more than just this shallow imitation life that our culture has to offer. Because we believe that knowing God in greater ways will help us worship Him fully, then powerfully shape the way we live. Even today, I hope that you get a glimpse of God so that you could worship Him even more fully and that it would powerfully shape the way you live today and tomorrow and this next week. We've talked about one of the ways that you get to know people is by learning their names, by learning their stories. Ryan, for a few weeks, would come up and he'd say, hi, Scott. And I'm like, ah, what's your name again? And I had to tie it with, okay, he pitched softball against us. And like, Nolan Ryan, okay, I'm going to remember this. And, and I haven't learned much of his story yet. And, and Brandon, fortunately, he's got this great name tag today. And, and he's been hanging around. And we get to learn each other's names and stories. And this is kind of what happens with God as well. Is as we look through the Bible, we learn some of his stories and some of his names. Two weeks ago, we considered and got a glimpse of God as we considered an Egyptian servant girl. She belonged to Abraham. Her name was Hagar. She had an experience with God, and she realized that God is the God who sees. She gave this name El, which is God, El Roi. He is the God who sees. And I want you to know this today, that this is more, much more than God's ability, like, oh yeah, I see you. But it's this, she understood as she experienced God, no, God has more than an ability. He wants to see me. He looks and sees my situation. He certainly is the God who sees and cares for us. Last week we considered or got another glimpse of God through the life of Moses. He's in a desert wilderness and he encountered the Lord your healer. The Lord your healer. This is what we looked at last week. Moses experienced this and said, this is what I know about the great I am, is that he is our healer. He's my healer. And I would want you to know that about you today. Last Sunday, then we, many of you came forward here and just, you were asking God, bring healing into my life in so many ways. 
And this God is the God who heals. He brings healing. Well, today I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22, page 16. So real early on in the story of the Bible. And I'm hoping that as we look at this story, you will get another glimpse of God. That you'd walk away and learn more than a name, but you will say, oh, I saw something about God, and it is, again, life-changing for me. We're specifically going to look at a man named Abraham and how he experienced God. I've been praying for you this week that you would experience God, that God would reveal himself to you, that you'd get a glimpse of God. I didn't really fully understand that until this morning that God was saying, Scott, you need this glimpse as much, if not more, than everyone else. And so as I have read this story and studied this story this week, I'm going to read it again with you, and I know that God will again reveal himself even to me today. Genesis chapter 22, let me tell you where we're at. Abraham's an old man. He's a hundred plus. Okay, so he's up there in age. At age 75, God had promised him, said, Abraham, you're going to have a son. You don't have one yet, but you're going to have a son. Through this line, the nations are going to be blessed. Abraham's like, man, that's a great promise. I'm old. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but I'll take it. Around age 87, Abraham's still waiting. He hasn't found that son. He devises his own plan with his wife and the Egyptian servant girl. And, and so he has a son through his servant girl. And that wasn't God's plan. Age 100, finally, Abraham receives the son he'd been promised through his wife. And that's where our story picks up today. Abraham is 100 plus. But he has a son named Isaac that he had been waiting for for at least 25 years. Start with me at verse 1. Let me read a few of these verses this morning. After these things that I had just shared with you, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. you. Just start realizing this is a crazy story. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of the young men with him and his son Isaac. They didn't escape. He's obeying. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, arose, and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham has this crazy command from God, and he's like, I'm doing it. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, you stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together, and when they came to the place which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, 
and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Let's go back and look at some of this story real quickly. Verse 1, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. That sounds like a tough test, doesn't it? (laughs) You've been waiting for this son. God gives you this son. Here's this test. Go take your son and offer him. I was thinking back in my life, I'm like, did I ever have a big test like this? And what came to mind for me was in seventh grade, we had a big test. It was on the book that we were supposed to read entitled Treasure Island. Raise your hand if you read that. All right, I haven't. But we were supposed to read it. (laughs) And we had a big test on it. So here comes test day, and I realize I'm not really prepared for that. There's no spark notes on the internet back then. I can't YouTube the video back then. I wasn't prepared. I didn't read the book. You see, reading for me had come right after the lunch recess. Lunch recess is where I played basketball. And so when it came to reading time, I'm just thinking about the basketball game I'd been playing in. Plus, at that time, I also had a calculator watch. Remember those cool things? All right? Those were great. And so during reading class, I would just play with numbers. And so I never read the books. And here comes test day, and I wasn't prepared. Well, anyway, I failed it, of course. I went home, because, and then the story only gets better. Teacher shows me the, uh, this test score, of course. I failed it. And so I went home, and I locked myself in the bathroom. And from the locked bathroom, I yelled, Mom! Is Mom here today? I don't see her yet. Maybe she'll be here second service. She comes up, and she's like, What's going on? I said, I flunked a reading test because I wasn't prepared. I didn't read the book. The teacher gave me the grade. I got an F. She pounded on that door. Let me in. (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Not until you calm down, but I have to confess my sin. I failed the test. You need to know. But I'm locking the door. I'm barring you from me. As I look back at that test, certainly I failed a test, but I realized my mom failed a test that day too. It's not that she yelled at me, and I'm not sure exactly what she said, but the test that she failed was she did not have the key to the bathroom to get in, all right? So you got to do this, parents. you got to have the key to all the rooms so that when the kids lock themselves in, for whatever reason, you can get in. So my mom failed that test. But tests usually show where we need to grow. I needed to grow in my knowledge of the book Treasure Island. I didn't have it. Abraham, though, he faces a test. Faces a great test. But he was ready for this one. You see, Abraham knew God. If you don't know his story, do yourself a favor and read some of it this week. Go back to Genesis chapter 12 where God promised Abraham great news. And over the next few years, he struggles and he fails and he does this. But by the time he's tested here, he's ready for this. So much good stuff in this story. I don't have time to go over it all today. The first time we read the word love is in this story. First time the Bible mentions love is when it's talking about a father who has an only son who he's about to sacrifice. That's the first time we hear about love. 
understand then where they go up and do this sacrifice is on a mountain that you just Google, where is Mount Moriah? And you find out, oh, that and Jerusalem where Jesus is crucified, right around the exact same area. This is an amazing, fascinating story. Story about a son carrying wood up to the hill. Fascinating story. Verse 8, though. Abraham tells his son, God will provide. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And I have to ask, how is Abraham so sure? Go sacrifice the son you've been waiting for for 25 plus years, and now this is maybe 30 years later. I mean, how do you... How was he so sure? What guarantee does Abraham have other than a promise maybe 35, 40 years back? You see, God, Abraham knew God. He knew some promises of God. And if we are willing to allow God to teach us about himself through the ups and downs in life, we will be able to experience some victories even though we have some agonies of defeat. So I have a personal question for each of us today, and it's this, how well do you know God? How well do you know God? You. Abraham knows him well enough that when this test happens, he's like, I'm just doing it. I know God well enough that he's good, and he's loving, and he's powerful, and he's faithful, and This sounds like a crazy command he's asking of me, but I know him well enough. How well do you know God? I'm not talking about facts here, like, well, I know these different names of God from the last few weeks. How well do you know him? Are you growing closer to him? Do you know his mercy in your life or that you needed mercy? Do you know his love, that you needed love? Do you know his faithfulness? Do you know his power in your life? This is why on the front of your worship program it says growing closer to God. This is our aim, to help you grow closer to God. This is your call in life, to grow closer to God. To know Him better. So that when the test comes, you will be able to be obedient and pass the test. Let me ask you this. Do you know God well enough to trust Him? Especially in a huge test. To trust him. I'm, I'm just looking around this room and I'm like, okay, I, I, I see some of you and you've gone through cancer. That's a test. Do you know God well enough to, he's going to take care of me. And actually cancer may finish my physical life, but I know him well enough to know that that's really not the end. Do you know him well enough that you can trust him, especially in a huge test? I'm looking at this, and Abraham is probably glad that he gets this test later in life because he could not have passed this test earlier in life. But he spends time getting to know this God to the point that he can trust him at this point. To trust God was something that had been growing in Abraham. And so when God trusts him, when God asks Abraham to do something that we'd say, this is just unimaginable. Abraham's ready. He says, I trust. Go to verse 9. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar. 
to lay a gift on the altar, to lay something so precious to you before God, that requires that we know two things. It requires that we know that one, God is God and I'm not. Abraham's getting to this point. He says, here's what I know. God is God and so I can sacrifice. I know that I'm not God. You see, the God who sees, it's not me. The God who brings healing, it's not me. Let me ask you this. Do you know God well enough to sacrifice to him? Do you know God well enough to sacrifice to him? That if you give something up, or that if he asks you to give something up, you'll say, yeah, I know you well enough that it is worth it. To honor you is worth it. To obey you is worth it. To know that you will somehow be honored and blessed by my obedience, it's worth it. Read a few more verses, starting at verse 10. So Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. I hope you got something for me. Verse 12, he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket of his thorns. And Abraham went back, or went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. (laughs) God provided Abraham believed, he trusted God, and God provided. Another aspect that we learn about God is that he is the Lord who provides. Let's throw a name tag up here for God. The Lord who provides. If we're looking in the Hebrew, it's this word Yahweh. That's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Yireh. Yahweh Yireh. As it gets translated to different languages, the Latin and German and then to English, sometimes it's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And that day, Abraham realized, here's another aspect of God, another glimpse of God that I'm growing in, is that he is the God who provides. It's an interesting word God provides. It's actually that God sees something and that he has pre-vision. He sees it in advance. This God who knows all, he says, I can see ahead and I can meet the need. God provided for Abraham and he says, Abraham, I can see when you can't. I had a plan all along that I saw what was going to happen, and I would provide. Consider this question, if you would, for yourself. How has God provided for you? I'd like you to think through this today. How has God provided for you? Because he has provided for you and me. He continues to do so. 
See, when you and I needed our sins to be paid for, God placed on His one and only Son, whom He loved, He placed on Him the sins of us. God said, I saw you. I had this pre-vision. I knew what you needed. I saw your needs. I saw your needs before you ever existed. I have pre-vision. It's where we get the word provision. As we read in the New Testament, God did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. If that's his character, how will he not also graciously give us all things? So what happens is when you need strength, God provides. You need wisdom, what? God provides. You need peace in your life, what do you know about this? God provides. We read this in Philippians, Paul said, My God provides all that you need, streaming out of the glorious riches of Christ Jesus. As if Jesus says, I have riches galore, and I will provide for all of your needs. I see in advance what you need. I see in advance to this next week, this next year. I see your needs. Ryan, I see your needs as you graduate. Brandon, I see your needs as you graduate. I will provide church. I see your needs for this next week, and I provide for you. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I need some serious breakthrough in my life. Guess what? God provides. You say, I need some healing in my life. Guess what? Say it with me. God provides. This morning I'm saying this and I I said to Cyrus over here, I said, I just have a critical spirit. And then I said, wait a second, God provides. You pray with me because I need God to provide for me even today this week thanksgiving let's do more than eat turkey and watch football okay let's truly reflect on how god has provided in your life and give thanks to him Sometimes we do this, we go around a table, what are you thankful for? And I, you know, I just kind of goof around, but I, I committed. No, th- you know what? Before the family gets here and we sit around the table, I'm going to pull out my journal and just write down how God has provided. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He has provided so many ways. Take some time, do yourself a favor this week, and list how God has provided for you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's like, okay, I understand and I've received this gift of salvation. If you haven't received this gift, you can today, this week, because God has provided for you. Think back over your life and just go, wait a second, God is a God who provides. Let's finish and see how this blessing from God came to Abraham and finish this story in verse 15. Follow along as I read a few more verses. After God had provided, it says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and, of this, and, as, and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring, Abraham, 
shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. See, God had found this man, Abraham, who trusted God, who knew him, who had a growing knowledge of God, a growing relationship with God, that he obeyed God. And through Abraham, then the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come, the healer of nations, the provider of our salvation. Through Abraham's obedience, you and I stand blessed today. We're part of this long story because Abraham was obedient to God. I want you to write this down and consider this, that God provides for us and blesses us. And what he does is he multiplies what we have then and provides blessing to others through us. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to multiply. You've got this one kid, but out of that's going to come a nation Out of this nation will become the blessing to all the nations. He's talking about his son Jesus will come through your line. It will bless even people in Albany, Oregon in 2017. I'm thinking about them. I've got this prevision for them. And God does the same with us. As he blesses us, he multiplies our blessing and provides blessing to others through us. We're going to finish today by taking a special offering, choosing to give. It's part of our conspiracy to retell the Christmas story. And as we get ready to take a special offering, I want to say a couple of things to you. First of all, if you're here today and you're a guest, you're new to us, I don't want you to give any money. I mean, if you want to, you can, but this isn't necessarily for you. This is for us who've been here a while and we say, we understand what we're doing. We're taking a special offering. I want to say this before we take this offering. I just want to say thank you in advance. Thank you for being a church that has a growing relationship with God and responding to Him sacrificially. You are understanding more and more that God has provided for you. He multiplies what you have given and He provides blessing to others. I thank you that you've been a giving church. I've been asking for this special offering. This is the 10th year I've done this. At the first few, I was nervous. I'm like, I don't know if they're ever going to give. Now I trust God completely. I just thank you for being a giving church. I do want to look over this card with you real quickly. If you would, every single one of you grab this out. Because even if you're a first-time guest here today or new to us, Though you don't have to give money, I want you to respond to God today. I hope that you were getting a glimpse of God, the God who provides. Let's look at this card together. It says, this is eternal life. Here's our verse again, to know you, Jesus said. But this card says, as I seek to know God in greater ways. That's the call on all of our lives. And as I consider the Father sending His Son to provide for me, and this is what the Father did, I will respond by, just mark this off if you would, giving of my time, my energy, my food, to Christmas compassion for the provision of others. Some of you have already done this, but some of you will. You'll say, you know what, I filled out that peach form today, and I'm going to give my time, my energy, some of the food from my pantry. Mark this, if you would, giving financially to our special offering for the provision of others in our community, in Mexico, in Sierra Leone. Some of you are ready to do that today. Go ahead and mark that. 
Some of you might simply respond to God today by saying this, I'm going to ask God to help me see how he's provided for me. Maybe that's simply where you're at. I just need to spend time understanding how God has provided for me. You mark what's appropriate if you would put this in here. If you want to put some money in there, you can as well. Then here's what's going to happen. After I am done praying, we're going to watch a little video of where some of this money goes to. Some of our youth and our kids are going to come in. So parents, if your kids, you've dropped them off, they're going to come in and join you uh, to watch this video with you. Then the worship team is going to lead a song. And when they lead us in a song, I'm going to invite you to come up here. And I, I want every single one of you to just come up here and place your gift in here. Even if it's simply, I just need to ask God to show me how he's provided. Then go back to your seat, if you would. And we will finish by worshiping together. And then I'll dismiss us in a bit. But let me pray. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing story in Genesis. And it's really a foreshadow of you sacrificing your son. And of many things we learn from this story, we also see that you are the God who provides. You, you do. You have provided for us in so many ways. And there will be people in our community, there will be people in Mexico, there will be people in Sierra Leone that will say in the coming days that God provided for me through our giving, through our gifts. And so I thank you in advance for a church who is growing closer to you and is becoming a church that trusts you in all things, that sacrifices for you and your kingdom. And so I ask, yes, the blessing on this offering, but I ask your, ble- your blessing on these people that you would continue to show us who you are, that we would get another glimpse of who you are, that we would grow in our knowledge of you so we could become the people that you have called us to be. So thank you for this time. Thank you that we are able to give because you have blessed us so much. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.